Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Callahan, And hey, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And so I think it's your turn this week, Sean. And I know that this story is one of the favorite genres of story that you, that you're, uh, uh, that you like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this one came up in a book I'm reading at the moment called Messenger. It's by Stephen Martin, not the, uh, not the comedian Stephen Martin, but uh, actually a colleague of Robert Cialdini and a fellow called Joseph Marx. Uh, the subtitle is Who We Listen To, Who We Don't and Why. Actually, okay. quite a good book. But you anyway, read that book. Yeah, have a, have a, have a look. The, um, so back in 2005, uh, a group of psychologists, including Robert Cialdini, but also you know, superstars like Jeffrey Pfeiffer, uh, decided they'd help out a, a London-based real estate business in terms of their sales, right? They wanted to kind of test the impact of just getting someone else to highlight uh, another person's expertise, right? So the starting condition is pretty simple. Uh, whenever someone would, uh, a prospect would call the organization, um, you know, about renting or selling a property, their first contact with the firm was, you know, usually the firm's receptionist, you know, who ask them about their, the nature of their call and then would just transfer them on to the best person to take the inquiry. And, you know, it was pretty seamless, happened in a few seconds. Uh, there was, I guess there was, at no point at this, at this, in this situation did the receptionist make any mention of her colleagues, you know, capabilities or expertise or experience. Yep, just, I'll just put you through to John. He looks after our sales. That's it, exactly. And then the psychologist uh, made a, a small but, uh, I guess, significant tweak. Uh, when the receptionist got the call, uh, she was asked to change what she said um, and and actually point out, if you like, the... Uh, the colleagues' capabilities. So you know, they, she might answer, you know, oh, so you're selling your property. Um, look, let me let me put you through to Peter. You know, he's the head of sales, uh, twenty years' experience selling properties in this area. Actually, um, no, definitely he's the best person to speak to to get advice from. And pump then, him up. Yeah, pump him up a little bit, and so pass him on to to Peter, and and then they just watch the results, and it was almost immediate. And quite impressive. Um, after doing this for a very short period of time, uh, their sales jumped fifteen percent. Right, and you know, for a London real estate business, that is a significant uh, increase that, in, yeah, in what that's, they were that's, doing. I, I restrained a wow. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, a little bit of research. Uh, it was written up in uh, the the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin. So you can get the, the peer-reviewed research. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice little uh, research-based story, I thought. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's really lot nice about it is that it's, it's uh, research-based. And, and it has some big names. I mean, Gialdini and uh, uh, Pfeiffer. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. I, I, as soon as I saw that, I mean, I must admit, as soon as I, I knew Stephen Martin had a connection with Robert Cialdini, um, and and so I wasn't surprised by that because I know that Cialdini and Martin had done at least one publication together before, 
So um, it was interesting just to see. And yeah, you can sort of see the heritage of their research, the, you know, that influence type uh, research that they do. So uh, it sort of sat in that area quite nicely. But what do you reckon? What do you reckon of the story, Mark? Well, what would you say about oh, it? What's, what strikes oh. you as things that work well? Yeah, well, things, things I like about it, well, firstly, that it's research-based, that uh, if you know psychology or you've read business books, then, then Pfeiffer and Gialdini and Sutton, these are names that are just uh, kind of uh, very uh, well-known and uh, influential. And it's, I love it because it's so, uh, so compact and, and pretty easy to tell, I would have thought. The only, the only piece of data that you need is 15%. And everything else is very run-of-the-mill, everyday sort of experience, right? There's nothing tricky in this story. Yep. It's about, literally about a receptionist taking calls and passing them on, you know, to people in the organisation, which, of course, we all know and we've all experienced. And, and so it's, it's, it doesn't require too much explanation. Yeah, and I guess it's also a, a business that we understand. You know, real estate, it's very familiar to us, so it's relatable. Definitely. Now, um, I, I think the the fact that there is a specific number of improve, you know, the percentage improvement at the end, I think that's um, that's great to have. I mean, the research shows a few other numbers. You know, for example, that they had a twenty percent increase in the number of inquiries so that were converted to first meetings. But I decided not to include that because it just uh, muddy the waters in terms of what the output was, uh, you know, the outcome, if you like, for for the for the intervention that they put in place. Yeah, and when you point that one out, uh, you, you don't need it. And when you said it, I immediately, in my mind, I went, hmm, "What does that mean?" And by if you did add it in, which you could make an argument for, then you could potentially complicate it. And instead of it being crystal clear, uh, there might be a plausibility question mark about it yeah what does that mean yes yes absolutely you know one of the things i would probably change in this story um and this is with my hat of living with all women is that i made oh, the yeah. classic yeah, stereotypical view of this receptionist was a woman okay yeah. i might i mean you might just change that around you know like sort of uh you know, you don't need to make that presumption, that's for sure. So yeah. that would be a sw maybe a tweak that I would make to it. Um, apart from that, um, I, I can't think of anything else I would... Uh, maybe it would be good to have a little bit more information about this, you know, the real estate business, you know. It would be good, for example, to know what their turnover was or something like that. Like, it'd be great to be able to sort of say, look, you know, these, these guys were doing 20 million pounds of uh, business every year. Um, and then when you hear 15%, you go, Phew, okay, that's, that's, uh, that's a big, big change to their um, revenue. Yeah, and of course, you know, like uh, uh, yeah, with my, my business manager hat on, I was going, oh, 15%, is it top line? Is it bottom line? Uh, <laughs> uh, but but you, you you don't really you don't need it for the story um, to, to to make to make the point. Now the funny thing is is that we've implemented this already at uh, Anecdote, so we get a lot of um, emails through our website 
requesting you know, information about our programs, etc. And uh, Callum, who is part of our team, is the first responder, if you like. And in the past, the way he would respond would be something along the lines of, uh, oh, you know, thanks very much for your interest. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're after? And, you know, and I'll be able to, uh, you know, pass you over to, to, to Sean who, or Mark to, to answer your question, something like that, right? Whereas I was, I'm saying to him now, no, 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 we need to, you need to give a little bit of the capabilities, the experience, the competence of the people you're passing, you know, it might be, you know, Mike Adams and his great sales capabilities and experience that he's had in big sales organizations or Paula Chilchik and, you know, the work that he's done in Silicon Valley and up in Seattle with the likes of Microsoft and Amazon and, you know, the great work that, you know, Mark's done with, you know, some of the big, some of the big keynotes of, that, you know, literally 6,000 people standing in, sitting in front of him while he gives these amazing, you know, just those little vignettes that, give the, the person, oh, okay, I'm, I'm speaking to the right type of person, you know, someone who's got good experience. So anyway, we're trying that out. Maybe we'll get 15% improvement, Mark. What do you think? Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that, from, from your perspective you would um, look to tweak or, you know, enhance in this, this story? Well, I like it because it's pretty, you could make that story even shorter, uh, Taking some of the, you don't need to say Giordini and Sutton and Pfeiffer. Um, just say some psychologists did a little experiment. Uh, so I, I, I like that about it in that it's very, very uh, uh, compact. Kind of the, uh, 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 and I'm, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to imply not effective, uh, uh, but really pretty straightforward to use, easy to retell. It's this type of story that really has hardly any emotion in it, right? Which your classic storytelling people would probably uh, turn away from, right? That's probably the polite way of putting it, you know, because there's no, there's no sort of peaks and troughs of emotion and um, turning points. And, you know, it, it doesn't have that classic drama uh, feel about it. It is literally just a story of what some researchers did. It was a before, it's a before and after, right? This is what happened before. This is what happened after. This is the outcome. Essentially, that's the story. And, but from my experience, business people love these sort of stories. Absolutely love them. They eat them up. And unfortunately, I think uh, novices in, in business storytelling you know, and we've talked about this before, but they go down that path of thinking you need to have these dramatic, you know, classic stories, um, and you don't. These simple ones will do the job quite nicely. Yeah, and in fact, uh, just running some follow-on group coaching calls with with uh, participants, they 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 it's so easy for them to fall into the trap of thinking big. Oh, I've got to have a big thing, and really, in in reality, everyday things. Are the ones that you're going to, they're, they're probably 70, 80% of your go to use of story in to, to be a better communicator. Hey, do you know uh, or heard of the uh, economist uh, Stephen, Stephen Levitt? He was, oh, yeah, 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 yeah he's a free economics, free economics guy. Yeah, so yeah. I was listening to him talk to uh, Stephen Pinker. Yeah, they've got a new podcast out, and he was recalling a TED talk he gave where he felt he really bombed 
And he said one of the reasons he bombed is he tried to tell the setup, if you like, for this TED Talk, which is all about, you know, using, um, using child sort of safety seats in cars and how they were introduced and what impact they had. But he told it as if it was a fable, you know, literally starting off once upon a time. Oh, and, oh. And, and, and he said it was, you know, 15 minutes of his life that he'll never get back and he just wish he, just wish he could forget you know, that 15 minutes, it was so painful, you know, the, the golf clap that he got at the end and, you know, the, the no, no response through the whole, you know, presentation that he gave, you know, looking at a, an audience of dead eyes looking at him. Um, and, and I think it's because people have this misunderstanding. They hear people go, oh, story, story, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to tell a story, you know, and they go, oh, what's a fable? That's a story. Well, that would work really well, and they head off in that direction, and they 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 make they think they have nailed it because they've seen things like or read things like who's who's moved my cheese or you know the iceberg is melting or uh, squirrel ink you know all these fables uh, business fables but they're written stories they're not oral stories and to try to do a fable I don't think I've ever seen anyone pull off a business fable, you know, on a stage or even, you know, hey, certainly, not, certainly not in a meeting room. That's sure. <laughs> you need to just take a little breath, Sean. I'm worried that your heart rate's getting a little high there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so what are we going to give this? Well, just hang on. Well, well, just hang on. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got, we've got lots more. Uh, uh, I, I want to just extend what you said a little bit. And it's just the, just the word story itself is intimidating because, oh, I'm going to tell a story. Well, stories are good. My stories aren't very good. You know, we have this internal monologue. Um, so uh, I'm going to try running workshops without saying the word story and just talk about examples, events, anecdote, experiences, because it's much less intimidating for people because that's really what we're talking about. Um, so what business points are we going to make with this story? Yeah. Yeah, why don't we do? Why don't we? Why don't we cover that? And I'd like to start with one, which is little things can make a big difference. Just let me give you an example. Of this company in a real estate company in Britain, they had a uh, psychologist came in and they made a tiny little tweak. Da da da, fifteen percent increase. Mate, little things can make a big difference. Yeah, that's a nice one. I think another one would just be something along the lines of, um, you know, it's so it's hard to, you know. If you if you outline your own experience, people think you're being boastful. But if you if you highlight someone else's experience, one of your colleagues' experiences, no one even blinks an eye at it. In fact, they love it, and it has phenomenal impact on your business. Right? And then you tell that story. Um, I think that my, I know Mike Mike Adams talks a lot about uh, what he he calls it pumping up. You know, you got to pump up your colleagues and to be able to tell their story, right? So he goes one step further. It's not just listing, um, you know, specific uh, criteria or yeah. So Sean's got twenty five years experience. That's right. He would he would say, uh, oh, you know, Sean. He, Really, he did an interesting project just uh, last year. So he was working with this big bank, and he would tell a story about something I did, 
that is related to what he's trying to talk about. And in the, he knows in that process, he's actually telling almost like a connection story for me, right? Which I think yeah. is, it's, 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 a, it's an extension to this idea. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, the kind of the next level. So level one, uh, 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 set a positive frame. Uh, level two, uh, tell a story. I also like this story as for its potential to, in a teamwork perspective, in that to do it, you need to know a little bit about people in your organization and you need to understand a little bit more about it. So, uh, so you tell the story and say, folks, do we know enough about Sean or Callum or, or Paul uh, to maybe you should go and find out? Yeah, that'd be great. I think that's uh, a terrific thing. And it'd be a great exercise for people to do when they first start an organization is to be able to go and meet and you have to find out five things about people because you, you want to use that in your conversation, especially with the sales force. They need to, to be able to do that on a regular basis. Yeah. I say that I like that. It's like when somebody joins, your job is to go and find five things about every person that you could use to pump them up uh, if you're introducing them. And, you know, you may not get it from the person who you want to pump up. Maybe you have to ask people who work with them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it a bit meta, doesn't it, uh, when you do that? But I'm just thinking, you know, are you going to get a very good answer? I was doing this um, project uh, for a big science organisation last year. I was collecting, not last year, just a couple of weeks ago, I was collecting innovation stories. And there was this scientist um, who they all called Champo, right? So Champo, they love Champo. But Champo was this really quiet-spoken gentleman who was certainly in no way was he going to pump himself up in any, I mean, he hardly said a word, but he, he would tell this story. And then all the others piled in telling Champo stories. You know, they'd sort of say, oh, I remember going to a conference in Canada and they uh, tried this, uh, describing this technique. But you know what? Champo did that 10 years before, you know? So it was like this, they had pump-up stories of Champo, but I don't know if I get a good uh, insight if I talk to Champo. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just worth, worth being aware of that, that uh, you know, horses for courses. Yeah, 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 true. Well, what do you reckon, Mark? Is this one you're going to tell? You're gonna, I'll give you, you're going to rate it, aren't you? Give it a rating. Well, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna give it a six. And the reason, well, the reason I give it a six is that I'm. I don't know. There's there's a lot of other stories that I've got around little things making a, a difference. I'm definitely going to put in my story bank. It's definitely usable. Good story, six. Good story, six. Yeah, look, I, I think it's one of those ones that will pop up as as I'm in conversations and this topic pops up. You know, I will tell this story. Um, so in terms of just usability, I think it's probably a, a seven and a half for me. I'm going to go halves. <laughs> well, it's not, at least it's not a seven. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, pump up the, pump up the story a little bit. Very good. Excellent. Now, is there anything we need to uh, share with our listeners in terms of, uh, things that are happening in the world of anecdote at the moment? I know we have our, public workshops coming up in October. So yep. uh, if people want to 
you know, check those out. Just go to our website, go to the events page. You'll sort of see them uh, listed there. Yeah, so that's Story Powered Sales and the uh, our Storytelling for Leaders or Story Powered Leadership. Yes, yes. Um, there is also um, the Bendigo Innovations and Inventions Festival happening right at the moment. And I gave a talk on uh, the use of d- uh, data storytelling for inventors. In fact, sort of like how, how would you use stories for innovation and, uh, you know, to support innovation in any sort of environment? So it wasn't on data storing at all, actually, now I think about it. It's actually more about innovation. And, uh, and if you go to that, their website, it's all recorded. And so you'll be able to uh, replay that, uh, I'm sure, in some way. So check that out. That might be something of interest. Um, but no, I think that's... put that in the show notes. Yeah, we'll pop it in the show notes. We'll give you a URL, etc. All right, yeah, well, I think we'll wrap things up then. Um, thanks, everyone, for uh, you know, listening in to another episode of, uh, of Anecdotally Speaking. And, um, yeah, look, until next time, until the uh, next week, tune in for another episode and of Putting Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.